Hi, this is Amber. Welcome to today's podcast. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. The podcast channel is Sacred Space Healing. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. For those of you that are new to the channel, I'm a Reiki master teacher, shamanic practitioner, energy healer and uh, teacher. And my work is focused on core wound healing, life purpose work, sacred union sessions, one-to-one coaching, healing and mentoring. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. Welcome to today's podcast. Welcome to the podcast channel. Thank you for everyone that listens in and also for all you beautiful people that donate. All your donations keep the podcast channel free, uh, keeps adverts away. Um, and for those of you that listen regularly, you know that I'm not affiliated to any organization. I'm not here to sell an agenda. I don't have anyone tugging at my puppet string, so to speak. So all your donations just go back into creating more free content. They support the channel and they support me. And that's a really beautiful thing. Um, they're also a really good way of saying thank you if the work has assisted you. So uh, <clears throat> welcome. In today's podcast, I'd like to shine a light on... Uh, childhood trauma and self-care so self-care is a big thing now isn't it it's like a big sort of trendy banner that um, is constantly being rammed down our throats and that's not to say that I don't believe in self-care I mean it's crucial but telling someone who's experienced childhood trauma to up their self-care or to have greater self-care, to parent themselves, doesn't always work. And it took me quite a while to figure this out, but actually, you know, I uh, I, I came to a realisation around it um, on a call with uh, a client who'd experienced neglect in their childhood. And um, it, suddenly the penny dropped why self-care can be so elusive when you've experienced childhood trauma. So, um, you know, I have struggled with self-care for decades and parenting of self, um, pushing myself too much, uh, you know, not listening always to my body. And it's taken many years, it's taken decades to put in place practices of self-care that keep me grounded and strong and sane and healthy. And yes, of course, there are reasons why I struggled with my own self-care, mostly to do with my childhood experiences. But I never really understood when teachers and healers would say, oh, you need greater self-care, or are you looking after yourself? You know, because I thought, well, I am. So why do you keep telling me to do this thing? What am I missing? What's the missing link? And then on a call, as I say, it's suddenly the penny dropped why it can be so challenging. If you grew up in a home where you were neglected or abused in some way, you learnt to parent yourself really quickly. You did the best that you could. So maybe the parenting skills that you picked up for yourself were more survival skills than parenting skills or healthy parenting, right? But you learnt to take care of your needs. Um, Maybe you had to learn to cook for yourself or to put yourself to bed or to bathe yourself, or to read or write. Um, You know, maybe you created support strategies to deal with um, your needs as a child that weren't being met. So maybe you were being beaten or abused or starved or emotionally neglected or um, uh, uh, mentally abused. 
And as a child, children are great at finding coping mechanisms. Now, it means that in later life, those coping mechanisms often become things that get in the way of us living full and complete lives because we're still operating um, under a coping mechanism of uh, fight or flight or fawn. So we're still kind of operating in that damaged state. Um, So it can mean that sometimes people overeat or they starve themselves or they develop addictions um, because all of these were coping strategies when they were children and they were in a trauma situation. And so I think we know this. I'm not telling you anything new here. Um, And that this is why if you've experienced trauma in your childhood, it can mean that you have, can have unhealthy habits in later life and those need to be looked at and the traumas need to be addressed. But one of the things that I hadn't realised, the missing link, until um, a while ago, was that it's exhausting (laughs) having to parent yourself from a young age. So when you get older, when you are an adult, and you're no longer the child, there is a part of you that is still craving to be parented. And so self-care and that sort of parenting becomes another chore. It almost becomes like another trauma. You know, so to say to someone who's experienced childhood neglect and trauma, oh, you need to be doing this, that and the other for your self-care can sometimes feel like a heavy burden. They can't even articulate it, but it can feel like a, oh, another thing I have to do. I've only been parenting myself since I was, you know, three or four or five or whatever, and I'm still having to do it now. And so what it means is that when there's been neglect, often the adult is looking to be parented, whether they understand that or not. They're looking for someone to validate them, to parent them, to take their pain away, to make it easy on them. Um, And that's why often make it easier for them, make life easier, you know, the way a parent does. And that's why often people that have experienced trauma in their childhoods will gravitate in towards dysfunctional relationships not equal relationships and not relationships that are about respect or self-care because really deep down what they're looking for is to just stop they're exhausted they just want to stop you know they want to stop the self-care you know they've been cooking for themselves since they were three or four they've been washing themselves and taking themselves to school and putting themselves to bed since they were a child and they just want someone else to come along and take that burden from them and of course the older you get the less likely that is going to happen for you um so the moment they find that in someone a partner a friendship um a healer they latch onto it and this is why often they can latch onto really dysfunctional relationships because they don't see the rest of the relationship all they see is oh this person you know made me a cup of tea or they were nice to me or they hugged me and that unfulfilled need in them suddenly feels like it's getting a bit of fulfillment and so that's why often people that have experienced trauma in childhood have some of the most dysfunctional relationships in adult life where boundaries are crossed where they're actually being abused but they don't really realize Um, because they're getting that one thing that they didn't get in their childhood someone who cooks them a meal makes them a cup of tea um, says a nice word to them compliments them and because it was an unfulfilled need from such a young age they kind of ignore everything else that comes with that package um, and just hold on to that one need that is being fulfilled but the bottom line is because they're exhausted 
They've been doing it their whole lives and they don't want to do it anymore. And that's completely understandable. So what's the way around that? You know, how do you heal that? How do you address it? I don't think it ever goes away. You know, I think it's nonsense to say that having a bubble bath and, you know, um, a takeaway or watching um, a box set is self-care and is going to make you feel better. That's not going to make up for, you know, all those years when you didn't get parented. But you can learn to be kind to yourself. You can learn to listen to your gut response. You can learn to surround yourself with people that are kind to you. And that the moment they're not kind to you, the moment they show you who they, who they are, that you walk away. I've said this in other podcasts, you know, children have this incredible ability to forgive and to believe that the person that's harmed them will be different tomorrow. You know, it won't happen again. And this is why they get repeatedly abused. Um, as adults we have the capability to set boundaries that work for us so three strikes and you're out or whatever it is for you and I think one of the most important boundaries and self-care practices that you can have in place as a survivor of childhood trauma is to say I just want to surround myself with people who um, are kind to me and who show that kindness or who are respectful or you know, whatever your, your, um, your baseline is. And to not deviate from that, to not be the child that keeps forgiving and saying, oh, maybe they were busy, maybe they made a mistake, maybe they were having a bad day, you know. Yes, give people a chance, but I think one of the most important things an adult survivor of childhood trauma can do is to have a, a very clear line. You know, if I'm let down this number of times, if uh, this happens more than once, twice, three times, I move on. And I have no regrets, I move on. And I think that's one of the healthiest things that adults of childhood trauma can do. They tend not to do that. They tend to make excuses for people that are just treating them badly. They tend to put up with abusive relationships. They tend to be in relationships, like say professional relationships, say with a healer or a coach or a... Um, some kind of, you know, professional who's constantly crossing boundaries with them and they allow it to happen and they make excuses for the other person the way they did for their parents. And it's that child in them that has an unfulfilled need that doesn't want to be abandoned. And of course, the child that has experienced trauma or experiences trauma believes that it's their fault. You know, mummy didn't love me, daddy didn't love me because there's something wrong with me. They punished me because there was something wrong with me. None of that is true. You know, if you are listening to this podcast and you experience childhood trauma, it was never your fault. There's nothing a child can do that justifies an adult hurting or harming them in any way, ever. You know, you weren't bad, you weren't difficult, you didn't, you know, cause it, you're not evil. You were in the hands of individuals that were damaged and because they were damaged, they took their damage out on you like a punch bag, you know, like a dartboard. But you didn't do anything wrong. And the more you can say that to yourself, and the more you can accept that, the more you're going to have better boundaries in everyday life as an adult now. The more you're not going to put up with nonsense, the more you're going to say, that's not how I want to be treated. And the more you can have self-care that is actually less about box sets and bubble baths and doing something and more a mindset and so I think self-care if you've experienced trauma in childhood it's 
it might be more beneficial to look at it as self-care is a mindset. You know, what will you not tolerate? Who will you not give space in your head to? What kind of behavior will you not tolerate? And not even feel that you need to explain yourself. Just go, nope, that's not for me. Because the moment we say I'm not tolerating this behavior, the person who is instigating that behavior either stops or leaves our lives. And both of those are really healthy scenarios to be in, whether it's a boss, whether it's a partner, whether it's, um, you know, like I say, like a coach or someone, uh, or a healer or a therapist. It's not right that we tolerate things that feel um, inappropriate, crossing our boundaries, painful, disrespectful. But um, adult survivors of trauma will often put up with that, like the child making excuses. So I think the reason why self-care is so difficult if you've experienced trauma in childhood is not because, it's not just because you weren't taught it. Um, it's not just because, you know, um, you learnt uh, coping mechanisms that maybe don't work anymore. It is also because there's a part of you that's bloody exhausted that you've ha- you're still having to do this, that you never got a chance to just be. You know, in healthy childhoods, from the age of zero to 18 usually, there's 18 years of just having all your needs taken care of. You know, you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about food on the table. You don't have to worry about clothes on your back. You don't have to worry about anything because your parents are there to, to take all that worry and that strain off you. And so from zero to 18 usually, you know, or 16, you get to just play. You get to explore the world and try different things and um, be loved unconditionally. And so it's like a you're just being filled with this wonderful energy. And then you get to an age where you've got to go out in the world and put all these amazing resources into play and use that energy to start to forge a life for yourself. And that's how a healthy childhood is. You know, you're filled with all this love and positivity and great memories and strength. But if you didn't have any of that, then you're depleted from age zero to 18 before you've even had to go out in the world and fight your way in the battlefield that is life. You know, you're already tired from having to cook your own meals and, you know, um, take yourself to school and, uh, and deal with, um, I don't know, school reports or deal with bullying or deal with whatever it is that you've had to deal with. You're already exhausted from that. And on top of that, if there was more than just neglect, so say there was violence or sexual abuse, you're exhausted from having to defend yourself every day, every two weeks, every three weeks, every month or whenever from the abuser, whoever they were. You know, imagine you grew up... Um, I mean, some, many of you sadly may have done. You grew up in a home where there was abuse or sexual abuse. The exhaustion of that, of not knowing when the next thump is going to come, of not knowing when the next, um, uh, uh, the next uh, bout of abuse is going to happen, just not the, the, the sort of the fear of that is exhausting. Then the fending off of it is exhausting. The recovery from it is exhausting. Um, the dealing with it, the not knowing what to do about it is exhausting. And the grief of it is exhausting for a child. You know, the grief of this parent that's meant to love me. My friends have parents that love them. Why can't my parent love me? Why can't my parent be kind to me? The, the exhaustion of that 
sits really deep in the cells and the bones of that individual. And it doesn't just go away. It's a hunger and it's a hunger that never goes away. But as an adult, adult survivors of trauma can learn to live with it and manage it um, and use it for their advantage, whether they put it into their creativity or um, other works that they do. And it's no coincidence that you'll often have, you know, actors and performers will say, or will reveal that they came from very difficult childhoods and that they get their sustenance from the applause um, or from being in a company or from um, their artwork or uh, from charity work or, you know, whatever it is, people often say, I need this thing in my life because it fulfills a need in me that was never really fulfilled. Um, and it drives them, it becomes an ambition. I remember reading about, I think it was Barbara Streisand, saying that her mother was very cruel to her, told her that she wasn't pretty, and that she, her career was sort of fueled when she won her first award or something by this desire to say, I am important, I am beautiful, the world acknowledges me, because it was such a deep wound in her. So lots of people will take that childhood wound and use it, and it but it almost becomes an obsession you know, um, if it's not monitored. So um, there is a deep exhaustion in adult survivors of childhood trauma, which again can get in the way of self-care because you're just tired and fed up of having to do it the whole time. And that's perfectly understandable. And there isn't an antidote to that. I think the best that you can do is acknowledge that you're deeply exhausted and that it's important that you find things in your life that nourish you, that feel nourishing. And it might be a lifelong journey to really find nourishment um, that ideally doesn't come from another person, that is generated by you. Because if that nourishment is generated by you, you're less likely to give away your boundaries, your self-respect, your money, um, yourself, really, for a bit of nourishment. And often childhood... Uh, often adult survivors of childhood trauma give away themselves for a little bit of nourishment for nothing, for a morsel often because they're so hungry um, the core wound work that I offer is very much about this it's about addressing childhood trauma often or that core wound and um, it isn't a magic panacea you know, it doesn't take it all away but what the work does is it shines a light on it brings healing into those spaces and then introduces coping mechanisms that can really serve you well, um, serve the individual well later on in um, their journey. And that's why I love the work so much, and that's why the work has been created, because um, whether we know it or not, I think we have an epidemic, really, of adults who were abused in their childhood um, in many different ways. I've done a podcast about uh, toxic fathers, and there's another one to come at some point about toxic mothers. I mean, we, there's so many things we just don't talk about. They're taboo. And, um, and often, you know, adult survivors of trauma don't even realise how traumatic their childhoods were. Because they're still in that child mode where they don't want to believe that their parents could be evil, that their parents could do something awful to them. But the truth is there are some really damaged, disturbed people out there who do some truly horrific things to their children. And it comes in many different forms. It's not just what we are told as abuse. 
You know, we're told abuse is violence, physical violence and sexual violence. But abuse also comes in many different ways, as I talked about in the Toxic Fathers podcast. You know, it's humiliation, it's gaslighting, it's teasing, it's taunting, it's bullying, it's um, withholding love, it's withholding opportunities, it's um, all kinds of things, you know, lying, uh, tricking. There's all kinds of things that toxic parents will do to manipulate their children and control them. It happens to a huge degree within the South Asian community. You know, it's almost uh, part of the deal that South Asian parents will guilt trip their kids and abuse them, uh, use money to control them, um, use reputation and castes um, uh, and religion to control them. And it's all dysfunctional. You know, it's all not what parenting is about. Um, So there is a prevalence of abuse by parents towards children that is not really talked about. And then that creates an adult that doesn't understand why they're exhausted or not trusting of other people or not trusting of themselves or hate themselves, don't like how they look or have body issues. And all of this will stem from childhood trauma. Um, There's so much more to say about this, but I wanted to shine a light on why self-care can be so challenging if you've experienced childhood trauma and to say it's okay and that you're doing the best that you can and you're going to keep learning skills and sometimes you'll mess up and sometimes you won't, but that's okay. Um, And it's okay that you're exhausted. It makes complete sense. Um, And that if you are really struggling to reach out and get the right people to surround you, to help you from friends, to healers, to coaches, to therapists, to, you know, um, work colleagues, everything in your life has to be nourishing because you've been depleted for so long. And so, you know, that's not always a possibility. Often people are in jobs that are very depleting. So if you have something in your life that is that kind of push, 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 strive, 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 you know, replication of childhood almost abusive and you can't leave it whether it's a a job or a relationship or some kind of dynamic sometimes people put that into fitness they get obsessed with going to the gym or being on certain diets and things it's all in a sort of a form of continuation of that childhood abuse if you can shine a light on that then the next step is to surround yourself with the opposite of that. So maybe you are in a job that's depleting, long hours or whatever, and you have a compulsion to remain within that job because it gives you something. You know, often people that work in the arts, dancers, singers, musicians, actors, writers, work ridiculous hours and push their bodies and their souls to ridiculous lengths that most people who work in an office from nine to five don't. Similarly, doctors and lawyers have the same kind of stress. You know, these are vocations to to a point of burnout. But it often gets offset because the rewards make up for it. Like this story I say of Barbara Streisand, you know, the accolades make up for it. So often with performers and creators, the the rewards are being acknowledged, being seen, being applauded, or for a doctor or a lawyer feeling like they've made a difference in the world. Um... But if you are in industries like that, then it's really important that the other aspects of your life are nourishing and not depleting also, so that you don't have friends and healers and coaches and um, colleagues around you that are uh, perpetuating that depletion, but that they are nourishing you. 
and that your self-care isn't about more depletion you know it's not about doing more you know it's about nourishment so often it can be about doing less and being okay with doing less um so i hope that assists uh, for any of you that have unfortunately sadly and wrongly experienced trauma in your childhood the website is sacredspacehealing.org that's sacredspacehealing.org wherever you are on your journey i wish you much joy love peace and abundance until the next time